You're listening to Sibling Talk with Mary Jo Tumare and John Paulette. Commentary from a progressive point of view. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumare. Hello, Mary. Mary, Bernie Sanders suspended his campaign today. What's your thoughts? First of all, why do they suspend? You know, I've wondered about that. I think it has to do with how they handle uh, the money that may be in their campaign chest, I suppose. And I don't really know the intricacies of that. And then sometimes I wonder if they think, well, events could change. I could be back in. I was interested that Bernie was so specific as to say, uh, I'm going to remain on the ballot. And he seemed to be encouraging uh, with the idea of let's go to the convention with as much strength as we can to affect uh, the platform and the agenda. And I've always felt people thought that but I never heard anybody. I that know. Explicit. I mean, I, he really described what he thought his leverage was to get the positions that he believes in. And I respected him for that. Like, you go, Bernie. And I think for those people, and there are a lot of them who were disappointed today, uh, giving the chance to vote for him still um, may be a little release of the the um, pressure valve. Uh, yeah, and I I guess this is a good time for some full disclosure. Not in this election cycle, but back in 2016, uh, I live in Chicago, but I drove out to Iowa three weekends out of the month for about four months to work for, uh, work for Bernie. And I, I remember thinking at the time, I don't think he has a chance of winning it, but I thought Gene McCarthy, when I was very young, changed the world. And I guess I thought Bernie had that opportunity to do that. And in that, he didn't disappoint us. He changed the politics, certainly of the Democratic Party. And we will have to see maybe of the United States as well. Actually, I mean, it's true. This is Bernie's moment in many ways. The issues that he's talked about that have been his life work are front and center in people's minds as the virus and the fallout from it demonstrate all the inequalities, the problem with the healthcare system. It's, it's very interesting that all these things have led to this moment. And yet as a candidate, he fell short. And I, I know you text me at some point when he was talking and said you were a little choked up by it. And I understood what you meant. I've never been a huge Bernie guy, but I do um, respect and give him so much credit for having changed the conversation, not just in the Democratic Party, but in the country as a whole. And his leg- legacy is, you know, is really cemented. Um, and I think he has a huge role to play going forward. So the, you know, the 
talk of the town is Friedman's article from the end of February on a team of rivals when the situation was so different. Um, but other people are talking about this unity ticket. Yeah. Do you, do you mind, uh, Mary, tell a little bit about what uh, Tom Friedman's so idea was. So basically what there. he said was that the way to beat Trump, so keep in mind, this is the end of February, when Bloomberg still looked viable and before we knew the world was going to fall apart because of COVID. And he said what the eventual candidate would be, which also looked like it was going to be Bernie at the time, would be to have uh, uh, cabinet members from Mitt Romney to Kasich to uh, Liz Warren have Biden be Secretary of State. So he really laid down how you would create, and he's saying a team of rivals. That's, you know, I think of it more as a unity ticket where Biden in these in this moment would come out and say, I want Liz Warren to do this. I want Amy Klobuchar to do this. I want Mitt Romney to do this. I want Kasich or DeWine, you know, somebody from Ohio, a, a Republican from Ohio. And there are many people in the country that he could tap to say, we're going to come together and heal the country, be a unity ticket. And you, if you ran against Trump in that way, how do you beat him? Because Trump is a divide and conquer guy, but you've created uh, a space where how do you divide the entire spectrum of political well, Mary, I, I think you're right. I think Tom Friedman is right, but I think you're you're expressing it well. And I think there's another component. I think there is a component of how do you unify the country, and and frankly, there's a, a historical precedent to this. Uh, although it doesn't end that well, Lincoln, in his coming into his second term, which was a unique election because we were having an election in the middle of the Civil War. I don't know that there's any other time that happened. But he could see the end coming, and he picks Andrew Johnson, who is a Democrat, a member of the opposite party, and brings him in. He was also a Southerner. Uh, I'm going to mix up, I think, from Tennessee, but maybe from Kentucky. I think Kentucky is right. But he's one who had stayed with the Union. Now, there were problems, obviously, in the in the presidency later. My point is there's some historical precedent, but to get to the key point, besides unity, I think there's a question of competence and ability. Because I think what Americans are worried about now is that not only Donald Trump, but his administration lacks the ability to effectively manage this situation. And so if you laid out this is me, Joe Biden, and this is my team. Look at them. They are all highly accomplished people who could walk in there in January and run the situation because none of us think we're going to be in a good good place Correct. in January. So really, in a sense, what you're electing is the people to manage the fallout from this situation. And if you came in, listen, 
I'm a Democrat, but I'd like to see Joe Biden, because it's going to be Biden that's running as a Democrat, say, I need all of this talent and I don't care what political party they're from. I think you move the tribalism aside, you put the country front and center. I know there's a lot of young people and Bernie supporters and they're going to be disappointed and they think Joe is old and he doesn't get it. I understand all that. But sometimes the grown-ups have to say, let's take a breath, settle down, and put the pieces back together. And you can still put the pieces together in a progressive way because that is going to be in the air. This is not... Yeah, this is not uh, an exact equivalent, but it reminds me of something you and I, frankly, both criticized. People forget that when Obama came in, it was still at the point of economic crisis. That had only happened a few months before, and we didn't know we could put the economy back together. Biden brings on a lot of people like Tim Geithner, real Wall Street types uh, that I think both you and I said mm-hmm. really to. And, but in retrospect, he made the exact right decision. He had a group of people who were totally competent, uh, understood what had to do, uh, be done with the, uh, the economy and had the trust of Wall Street and put that all back together and began a long, long, long recovery because of it. I, I only say that because, you know, as you mentioned, uh, there are people who would not be my first choice in terms of politics, but if they have the competency right now, absolutely. Put and them then the in other there. thing I would do that's so crazy, and I don't think the guy would take the job, is I would say, and I will appoint Barack Obama to the Supreme Court. Why don't you I'm think he'd not take sure the that job? Guy wants to go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> I think you may be hand, right. If Joe but said, "Listen, Barack, you need to do this. This is a lock for us." Yeah, and people may forget Barack Obama taught He's constitutional a law. Candidate for that this- to replace Ginsburg. And he would have the stature to yeah. go onto the court and start to talk some sense into that because we cannot have a court that is seen as partisan hacks. That is undercutting the judiciary in a way. As a lawyer, it is very disturbing to me. So that's it has to play. And Mary, Mary, yeah, and Mary... Can you and I admit, just in private here, that we would enjoy how much Barack Obama being appointed to the Supreme Court would irritate <laughs> the extreme right? <laughs> we won't tell anybody else that, but there's a certain charm there that uh, I just couldn't get by. Yeah, absolutely. Well, with that, actually, pretty happy thought for me to nurse. Uh, we'll go into the evening. We still have a presser to live uh, live through. We'll do our best okay, on that, and I'll talk, talk to you tomorrow. tomorrow. Bye. Bye.